Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Ad Project Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joe Shelley from Ad Advance, and today I'm joined by Mr. Matt Wickland. Matt, how's your Friday treating you today? It's going great, Joe. Thank you. So yeah, how's, your, how's yours? <laughs> it's going really good. Yeah. You know, getting ready for the weekend. Got some summer stuff planned. Like, it'll be good. Nice. Yeah. I'll be honest, I'm a little bit frustrated with this uh, new podcast <laughs> setup. I've been, like, pulling the mic out and... Nothing's working for me. It's all self-imposed, so it's hard for me to deal with. But yeah, we we had to record uh, some videos, so we moved some of the podcast stuff. We're in in our large meeting room right now, so we just got the setup in the corner, and it was a little bit comical. Yeah, <laughs> I was struggling I'm on my on the... over here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Today, what we want to cover is placements for sponsored ads. So. Just had a recent update that got pushed through the API notes that it looks like we're finally going to have placement controls for rest of search. Um, And so what we want to do is talk through kind of what this means, how we can use it, how we look at placements and really why they matter. So, Matt, I guess first, just kind of talk through when we talk through placements. What does that mean on the sponsored side? Sure. I guess first, though, if you are listening to this podcast, uh, when it drops, rest of search placement multipliers aren't there yet. They're coming soon now. A little birdie told me that it'll be here in roughly eight weeks. So if you're a listener after this podcast drops, uh, chances are it'll be available. But yep. And it may just be there. available via the API first, because usually things get rolled out via it's the gonna API It's going to be console, too. On, console oh. and uh, oh, okay, sweet. Yeah. Sweet. Sweet. Yeah. yeah. No. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. So walk us through what are placements? Why do we care? Yeah. So uh, when looking at sponsored product campaigns, which are going to make up the vast majority of your volume, if you're a typical Amazon brand, sponsored products typically returns the best, uh, looks the most like a, an, organic pla- an organic placement. Uh, so it, and there are a lot of them. So they drive a lot of volume. For sponsored product campaigns, your ads show up in three main placements that Amazon classifies, top of search, rest of search, uh, and product pages. So top of search is that first row of search results. Uh, Rest of search is anything below that first row, uh, including page two, first row. Like top of search is only page one. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then product pages, which... For sponsored products is most typically that carousel or multiple carousels you'll see on a product page with uh, most typically similar products uh, to whatever the product page you landed on is. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, go ahead. No. And so just following up on that. So what we can do with placement controls is we can help control where our ads show up because each one of those placements performs very differently where we'll break down kind of the the different details, but for how you can control it, you provide a placement adjustment. And we've uh, gone through this in previous podcast episodes. So if you want to learn more about placement controls, feel free to reference back to some of the previous episodes that we've done. But high level, what it allows you to do is provide a bid multiplier. And so this will essentially multiply the bid for certain placements. So this was great. And up to this point, we've had control of two placement modifiers, which has been top of search and product page. 
Um, the key issue that we've run into and why we've requested the feature of having rest of search control is that if we look in terms of conversion rates after somebody clicks an ad, we pay for our ads on a cost per click basis, so we want those to return sales. What happens for product page is it tends to convert at a lower rate than rest of search. And so ideally we want to boost rest of search bids up a little bit more than product page. Since we only had product page and top of search controls, we couldn't do that. So with this extra control, it's going to allow us to balance out the performance of these different placement types, which will be really cool. So that's the key reason why we're really excited for that is being able to balance these. So Matt, when you were looking through like placement controls and trying to balance them out, like how do you look at that? How do you adjust it versus like bids and all that good stuff? It's always a common question that we get. Sure. Yeah. So the first place that I look is conversion rate, like you alluded to earlier. So if top of search, for example, converts at a two times higher rate than the other placements, that means we can afford to pay two times as much per click. And what your placement modifiers do, your placement multipliers, uh, is allows you to set a premium on the bid, the price you're willing to pay. So because the placement multiplier, uh, the key metric that it uh, affects is cost per click, we want to look at conversion rate, essentially. Like if we can afford to pay twice as much, we can set a 100% multiplier and pay twice as much per click. Sure. This is a rabbit hole. I don't know how far you want to go down it. Go down it. All right. Sounds good. All right. So... When you're optimizing placement settings based on conversion rate, what it assumes though, because you can only set positive multipliers, mm -hmm. is that you're setting your underlying bid for the lowest performing placement. Uh, so basically what you wanna look at is conversion rate. If, if you're doing that, look at conversion rate uh, of top of search or rest of search or product page, net of that own placement's performance. So how does it compare to the other two placements? Sure. If there's a conversion rate premium, for example, it converts twice as much, you can set a 100% multiplier. But what if your campaign makes a, is 100% top of search volume? Sure. Um, or 90%, whatever, you know, where you're actually benchmarking conversion rate against the other placements. Um, then what you're doing is you're, you're saying, I can afford to pay twice as much per conversion rate, uh, for something that's already dominating the overarching results. Basically, you want to weigh both conversion rate and ACOS, the CPC. If you're not setting your bid for the lowest performing placement, I'm missing a lot of math in this explanation <laughs> too. Like, I'll walk through a couple of quick examples right. after the, this. The way it shakes out yeah. uh, is um, like fundamentally conversion rate, yes, it makes the most sense because CPC, it tells you what you can afford to pay in terms of CPC, and this is a control that directly affects CPC. ACOS, though, if you're setting a bid based on the overall aggregate performance regardless of placement, then you want to take ACOS into, into account because your weighted average of each placement uh, is skewed towards whatever is driving the most volume or skewed by volume. I'm, <laughs> I, I feel like I'm, I need like a whiteboard I, I, behind I, me to be able to write all this out. Um, here, let, let me simplify but, it down. Right, please and, do. And you just, I'm digging you myself just a hole a, here. You got a snapshot yeah. into like a typical conversation that Matt and I have. Yeah. Yeah. So when we look at adjusting placements, we focused on conversion rate, but there can also be an average order value difference between the different placements too. And so what we can do is we'll look at balancing 
the placement adjustments based off of those factors. And so if top of search performs really well, we want to take that into account and we'll boost the bids based off of that. With what Matt was saying is that we want to set our underlying bids for our keywords or product targets to be the lowest performing placement. And the reason we want to do that is you can't set a negative placement adjustment. It would be a lot easier and cleaner if we could do that, but we can't. Um, so for instance, say that my product page target gives me the maximum ACoS that I want to see at a dollar bid. Now I could set my rest of search with a little bit of a placement adjustment boost. Once we get placement adjustments for rest of search and then for top of search, I can boost it quite a bit more because that tends to convert at a better rate. And sometimes average order value can also be better there too. And so what we can do is take that $1 bid that could kind of conform to that 0% adjustment for product page. And now I could boost the other two based off of that underlying bid. And so how we look at it when we're adjusting placements, it's a longer term time frame, And we're really just trying to balance like aggregate performance between the different ad types. And then what we're doing is we're adjusting bids on a much more frequent basis, whether it's weekly down to hourly um, based off of the underlying targets performance, whether it's a keyword or product target. So there's a lot of adjustments and a lot of balancing. What you don't want to do is be making huge moves on both placement adjustments and the underlying bids at the same time, because they can compound on each other. Um, and so this is the one post that we, we like to put out every once in a while is just beware of like the compounding nature of bids. And we can even get into bidding types and all that stuff too, to make it more confusing. Well, I don't know if that's more confusing, probably, but it's an incredibly important element of placement multipliers. Uh, Beware of dynamic up and down and setting bidding by placement multipliers. So dynamic up and down in your sponsored product campaigns allows Amazon to escalate the bid up to 2x based on its expected likelihood of conversion, basically. So if you set a $1 bid, Amazon could ratchet that bid up to $2. What happens, though, is uh, that's prior to your placement multipliers taking uh, taking effect. So... If you set a $1 bid, you've got dynamic up and down on, Amazon can ratchet up to $2. If you have 100% top of search placement, which is a valid setting in a lot of cases, Amazon could ratchet that up to $4. So now you have a 4X increase in your bid, uh, $1 to $4. It creates this massive range of potential CPCs and takes away the power of bidding to a large degree because you could pay per click anywhere from two cents to $4 on your $1 bid. Like you just lost control over it sure. based on, you know, yeah. Like Amazon's best expectation. I mean, we've tested high top of search using dynamic. We've tested all of the settings in parallel uh, and isolated. Like if you're setting typical bids, like a dollar or $2, $3, $4 in some categories using dynamic up and down and, an appropriate top of search setting, it can ratchet up CPC to like extraordinary levels, um, a level that your conversion rate will never be able to overcome. There's some other bidder that's bidding like crazy amounts for those keywords. Yep. And yeah, it just, it escalates auction prices and you pay a CPC that pretty much no brand could afford reasonably. So they really don't pair well together because they compound. 
100% plus dynamic up means potential 4x uh, increase over bid. Yeah. Um, and so for those who are following along too, for say like sponsored products, we can pick a bid type. So dynamic up and down, uh, fixed bids, or dynamic down only. And so dynamic up and down lets Amazon boost your $1 bid up to 100% if they determine that it's likely to convert. Dynamic down, they can take that dollar bid or they can reduce the bid if they don't think that it's likely to convert. Or else you can use fixed bids, which would just say, okay, I'm just going to bid that $1 and I'm not going to make any changes to it. And so where you can get into issues is when you have dynamic up and down. So you can get that 100% boost. So $1 to $2. And now I have my placement adjustment. Say if I have 100% placement adjustment, now that says, okay, I'm going to take that $2 cost per click. And I'm going to increase by 100% to $4. So just want to break down the math there a little bit more. And that's where it can get dangerous, where that $1 bid, suddenly you're paying $4 on a cost per click basis, which may not be your intent. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you recommend for bid types when people are setting up sponsored campaigns? It's been a little while since we've covered this. So yeah. like, yeah, what, what's rule of thumb there if people are coming in, setting up these campaigns kind of fresh? Sure. For campaign bidding strategy, uh, my recommended go-to would probably be uh, dynamic down only, where Amazon can dynamically reduce your bid if it feels like the likelihood of conversion is lower. Uh, it doesn't have the compounding issues inherent to dynamic up and down, but it does adjust for Amazon's algos of expected conversion probability. That said, though, if there's a keyword that you know is relevant to your products, like a ranking campaign where I want to win impressions for this, I want to gain market share for this keyword, fixed bids is the way to go. Um, the beauty of fixed bids, especially in the context of placement multipliers, is it doesn't essentially like negate the placement multiplier. So dynamic down, Amazon may gauge it as a lower likelihood of conversion relative to, you know, a competitor bidding that keyword or whatever. So it reduces your bid. It could reduce it to say five cents or something like that, in which case your top of search setting, it, you know, it doesn't have enough escalation capability to win you impressions, right? Um, if you have a keyword that you know is relevant it's a hero keyword for a hero product. Uh, you want to gain market share for it, or you want to win placements for it, and you know what you want to bid. Use fixed bids. It doesn't discard your placement adjustment, or it doesn't mute it, I guess. It's not like Dynamic Down completely wipes out placement multipliers. It doesn't. Sure. Um, but it can in some cases. And so the most direct way to winning, to win like impression share for a given keyword is to use fixed bids. And then because top of search is the highest converting, the highest CTR, and like the best Amazon ad placement, maybe the best ad placement in all of digital advertising, hot take, but it has to be <laughs> in terms of conversion rates. Yeah, um, yeah fixed bids is, is the way to go in that case. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Matt is claiming that that is the best converting ad type in the history of the internet. Yes. All right. All right. I don't know. It could be. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> if anybody has any other suggestions, uh, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I guess it, it, what else would it be? Like you have people going to Amazon. They've highest already got their Prime memberships. Yeah, it's the highest like, purchase intent pl platform and the best ad placement on that platform. Yeah, so. yeah. And purchases have just gotten easier historically over time. So, yeah. Yeah. If you look at conversion rates, it's just 
orders of magnitude higher than going through a direct to consumer website or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. So let's talk. We'll talk benchmarks for different placement types. Isaac Gross actually had a fun little poll on LinkedIn. I was enjoying this today. I'll just throw this to you. Uh, so out of the three placement types, what placement type receives the most impressions? Product page. Yeah. Far. Yeah. 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 And, and it was kind of fun, too, looking at this, because uh, when I filled it out, the majority of people said top of search. Um, which is actually the lowest by a good amount. Um, and I, I did the math, too, just to see what it was. And um, so if we look at the number of impressions from any of these placement types, product page gets over 80% of the impressions. And so when we're talking about an impression, it's somebody scrolling through and they see the ad. Um, but why product page tends to convert the worst is that when you're cruising through a product detail page, there's a whole carousel of different products that show up multiple times, usually. And so the number of impressions, like if they scroll past that, your product is counted as an impression. Whereas on top of search, there's only three to four ads typically at the top of search. Um, but if I see those, I'm probably paying a lot more attention than I, if I'm scrolling through a product detail page. And so sometimes it's zero too. You know, like some searches, like more niche, gra very granular searches, aren't indexed for top of search. So sure. rest of search will still trigger impressions in some cases, but they're zero. Like sometimes there's one too. So yeah, it's a very like scarce placement compared yeah. to the others. Yeah, yeah. And so if we look at impressions, like top of search is actually the lowest by a good amount. But the the key reason why this receives actually the highest amount of sales. Um, is because click-through rate is substantially higher than rest of search or product page. So, uh, I mean, doing the math here, it's like... 16x. That's my guess. Yeah, it's even higher than that. I mean, product page placement, like click-through rate is like 0.15% compared to click-through rate of 4.7% okay. for top of search. So, you know, yeah, because yeah, you're getting, you're dividing by a very low number for product page. And then rest of search is kind of in between that. Um, and then conversion rates, like if we look at once somebody clicks an ad, so for top of search, it's over 2x better likelihood that they're going to purchase than if they click a product page ad. Which be like a hundred percent multiplier relative to product page exactly yeah. and that's, that's why we're excited because like if i look at conversion rates and this is over the last year it's about 10 percent for product page it's about 13 percent for rest of search and 21 to 22 percent for top of search and this is through a whole wide range of categories um, and mostly U.S.-based for these stats. Uh, but this is the reason why we're really excited about having controls for REST of search now is that it's converting about 3% better than product page, and so we can actually boost the placement adjustment more for that. So we just get more control overall. It's another knob that people have to worry about, but for those of us who love the control, <laughs> we're really excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess any other key areas to cover on placements or performance or different things like that, that people should take into account? Yeah. I, I would say like one final thought would be placement multipliers are set at the overarching campaign level and they're applied to every single target within that campaign. So if you have 1000 keywords in a campaign, each of which perform very differently from one another, that placement is set and applies to every single one of those keywords 
uh, universally. So target consistency is very important, like performance consistency in terms of optimizing your placement settings. Uh, so when you're structuring your campaigns, like I'm not advocating for. So we should set up single no, keyword campaigns. No, is what you're saying. data scarcity. It make, <laughs> makes budget controls very challenging. No. Yeah. But you should try and pick keywords that are like consistent in theme or in expected performance, basically. So that way, when you gather all of the data of those underlying keywords, you can set a good optimized setting at the placement level, like. The data abundance that comes from a lot of keywords is great for placement optimization, sure. but you have to make sure the performance is relatively consistent across all of those. Otherwise, you're going to be escalating some more than you should be escalating others, um, which makes it challenging. So if you've got a campaign for a hat, like targeting the keyword hat versus black Minnesota Vikings hat, like how it performs at top of search is going to be very, very different. Sure. Different. How it performs on product pages is going to be very, very different. And so those two keyword themes require different settings, like to have an optimized placement setting, optimized bids, and optimized performance. Yep. So look, when you're doing your campaign restructuring or restructuring, because it's kind of a living thing, right? Uh, as, you figure, as you build data and figure out what moves the needle, how things actually perform, Factor target consistency, keyword themes into your campaign structure so that way you can set uh, better bidding by placement settings and more consistent keyword level performance within that campaign. Sure. Uh, side benefit, that's going to make your budgeting process way easier too. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really grouping keywords or targets based off of relevancy. Yeah. So if we look at it like hat versus black Minnesota Vikings hat, conversion rate's going to be much higher for black Minnesota Vikings hat if that's what you're truly selling versus hat that could be anything. Yeah. Um, and so really grouping those together and the same can apply for like branded terms versus non-branded. So essentially you just want to group together stuff that's going to perform about the same. And so, yeah, you can do single keyword campaigns, but we don't advocate for that because now you have data scarcity and your budget is split up between so many different campaigns. And so it's a trade off there. Um, you can get very, you can get a ton of control doing a single keyword campaign, but it splits everything up into a million different pieces too. too. Yeah. Sure. Like budget control, most importantly. Yep. Yep. And so, yeah, it's a balance, but overall really excited. We're getting another control. Um, so for those who are listening, I would just keep an eye out for rest of search placement adjustments to be coming along. Um, this is going to be a fun one to see. We're going to be incorporating it in right away. It's going to give us further control and further balance over the performance of our ads, which is great, especially when like sponsored ads take up a majority of our sponsored advertising budget. Um, this could be, this is a huge update, um, that we're really excited about. And so hope you are too. And if you were able to listen through the deep dive <laughs> and going a little bit into the weeds, good work. But hope you got some awesome takeaways from this, including benchmarks and kind of how we view this stuff. So, Matt, anything else? Any final words? I think we got it. We got it. Yeah. All right. Send it. <laughs> so as always, uh, we really appreciate you listening to the Ad Project podcast. Just a little bit of a plug for we've got a mailing list that we're putting together now. So we're, we're just sending out other like updates like this. 
Um, so when they come out, we just let people know that there's new features that are going to be rolling out and to keep an eye open for it. So if you want to join that, go over to adadvance.com and you can sign up for that mailing list. And as always, we really appreciate you listening to the Ad Project Podcast, and we'll see you on the next episode. <laughs>